Welcome to season four. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. This podcast has evolved, which is no surprise to me, because when you choose to live authentically, you experience a lot of change. Thankfully, it's always a good change, because when you ditch the coulds and shoulds and let God lead, the outcome is always beautiful. This podcast started as a resource for recovering perfectionists, but has expanded into a place for all to come and be themselves, sharing their struggles and their victories, giving God the glory along the way. Along with inspiring interviews, you have free access to two of my books, You Don't Have to Be Perfect and The Relevant Old Testament. I'm a fan of audiobooks and wanted to create a free listen for other audio fans. The episodes can be found by searching the titles of my book. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast has been described as uplifting, food for the soul, reassuring, truth-telling, positive, vulnerable, life-changing, and a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you'll share this space with a friend. In dark and dreary times, art is a glimmer of hope. Art is proof that some humans want to do more than numb through each day for no greater payout than to survive it. This is why I love artists and was inspired to start the artist series on the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast. My guests for the series will include authors, musicians, painters, and more. Inside today's podcast, I have with me Hannah Pettifer. Hannah is a 26-year-old Louisiana small business owner, ballet instructor, and marketer. Her first book, Open Hands, will be released this holiday season, and it is a testimony of how to trust God with the desires and disappointments of life. Hannah is a gatherer of her friend group, always hosting a party or celebrating something. Her favorite things are sunsets, the Psalms, and a good three o'clock cup of coffee. Hannah, it's so great to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. I'm pumped. Yay! So, um, I really like the open hands concept. Um, I wasn't going to necessarily talk about this, but I, I just feel led to, um, can you tell us a little bit about that book? Um, I would I, love to talk about the book. Good, good. Go ahead. So I, I am one of a kind in that maybe I accidentally wrote this book. So when <laughs> I sat down, like, I'm going to write a book today. It's just that I had so many questions that I was going through, so many thoughts and kind of disappointments and how the church responded to those questions. I ended up puzzling it out for myself. I thought it was a blog post series. Maybe I had just kind of re-entered the blog sphere. And eventually I thought, well, nobody will read something this long. So I just kept writing. I kept it to myself. And I was trying to answer the question for myself of how do I deal with the things that I want in my life, these desires that aren't bad but then often met with disappointments and how do Mm -hmm. I trust the Lord both with those dreams and desires and with the disappointments and disasters. And so 
the book is trying to be specific and powerful with our trust in the Lord, as opposed to just, you know, pep talk, bumper sticker, just trust God. Like, what Mm -hmm. do you mean? How do you do that? What is the thought process like? What do you do when you don't feel like it? What do you do Mm -hmm. when you fail at that? And so I was taking my own processing as a woman in her 20s, dealing with breakups, job changes, new roommates, all kinds of crazy things and injuries and disappointments and good things like new jobs or new relationships and how to take all of that to God and not with a fist like this is what I want but Mm -hmm. with open hands willing to receive eager to give not demanding from life but rather receiving the good things that God does give us yes so it is what I thought it would be, which is amazing. Um, and I think very relatable because, um, you know, I, I believe the same thing that people can say, oh, just trust God all they, they want. But it's like, okay, well, show me what that looks like. Uh, how, what does it feel like? You know what I mean? Um, but I love the open hands uh, concept. Like I've thought I've mentioned it so many times in my life. Because I learned, I was like, oh, I get it. Like nothing is really ours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all God's. And so if we keep our hands open, we things will come in and we will do with them what we're supposed to and they will leave and something else will come in. Um, but I would still say, even though it's understandable conceptually, it's probably still not super easy to execute, right? Oh, no, I struggle with it continually and mm-hmm. I, I'll start to worry about even say the book publishing process like that has been a new journey for me and mm-hmm. along the way I, I keep reminding myself I can't write a book about trusting God and not trust God with the book exactly <laughs> right so, so I, I have to continue on that path even though it's easy to fall back into those struggles it's easy to fall back into wanting mm-hmm. to feel in control of our lives Mm-hmm, absolutely. It, I mean, and I think, I actually think the struggle with keeping our hands open really is the struggle of life, you know, because like we understand the truth, right? The truth sets us free. Uh, like we get it now, but then the practice of it is like a lifelong practice. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Really cool. Oh, that's going to be so good. Um. Yeah, and I love that. You're like, how can I write a book about trusting God and not trust him in this process? <laughs> I've been there too. That is, that's really good. So you are here today as part of our artist series. And so I want to ask you, what kind of art do you make? I dabble in a few things, but my primary passion in the art sphere is ballet and dance as an expressive art and I started Mm. ballet when I was three or four and I've been involved in it ever since primarily I teach now so I teach from the three-year-olds to adults so pretty much every level and Mm. I still do take for myself and so I, I also do the writing and the poetry and stuff but from three to now ballet has been if I had to choose one thing it would be ballet Wonderful. So, you know, what, what inspires you about ballet? Why is it your passion? 
I think one of the reasons why I love ballet is because it's very structured. There's a lot of discipline when it comes mm. to ballet and everything has a discipline, but it's very clear that if you're going to be a good dancer, you have to do bar every day. You have to do the basic mundane things. And ballet really taught me that those mundane basic things are the building blocks for something beautiful. And mm. I, I mean, that relates to everything in our lives or spiritual lives, right? If I don't show up to the Lord every day and do what might seem kind of basic in just reading the scripture or praying, like that's our foundation. And you can't do something more without having built that. And ballet clearly right. creates that for me. And so I really like how structured it is and how disciplined it is. And then on top of that structure and that discipline, then you can play with it. And you can have fun and you can dance a little bit more freely or break the rules and kind of, I love choreography and just dancing as a expressive worship or to get my feelings out. And so I like both of the elements of the structure. And then once you have that foundation, being able to build on that. Oh, I love that. And I've never, I've never really thought about ballet being, you know, like these little mundane movements, but like, as soon as you said it, I was like, Oh yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. And then you kind of like piece it all together. Um, and then it forms something beautiful. And I agree. Like when you said it relates to everything in life, I was like, she's totally right. Like that really, that that's a good nugget right there. <laughs> um, because I think even for myself, so many things in my everyday seem like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, hurry up. I just want to get to the next part. You know, um, like maybe there's something I enjoy doing better than, you know, X or whatever it is. Um, and I, I do feel a rush, like a rushing feeling, which leads to stress, you know, and, and I don't like that. <laughs> so, um, that's really cool. Like if we could just remember that the little movements in our, you know, our walk with God or our day-to-day -day life, um, they all build to something beautiful. One of my students asked me if she could go on point soon. And uh, it's just been an ongoing conversation. And she said, what can I do to get better? How can I get on point? She's so eager to reach that milestone, very visible. Mm -hmm. And I told her, well, are you planning on coming to class tomorrow? And she said, yes. I said, we'll do that. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. there's not usually a shortcut to these types of things where it requires strength and articulation and sitch with ballet. You can't just jump on point. I wouldn't mm. do it. It wouldn't be good for them, let alone me. And so all I told her to do is just keep showing up. And then when it's time, it's time. And you don't really get to expedite that process. Wow. You know, I, that I, I do find that I actually teach singing lessons and I get the same kind of thing. Well, how many lessons until I'm good? And I'm like, Oh, um, like there's so many, um, foundational things that need to be, um, made natural and not practiced, right? Like, so that you practice it so much that it's your new normal. Okay. There's, there are several things like that, that, you know, 
a student will maybe be able to execute during a lesson. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. That's what you have to keep doing. And then they don't. Right. And, and then we're still working on the exact same thing, even though they know how to do it. I think, um, and I've seen that mostly in the past two to three years. Um, it didn't used to be so gruesome, you know, like once in a while I'd get a student that, you know, wanted to rush ahead and it didn't usually work very well. But now I feel like all of them have this, um, this different end goal that's keeping them from learning what they need to learn. Um, and it's, it's just crazy because it relates so well to life too. And I, and I feel the same way as you. It's like, no, these things need to, you need to show up for this and you need to do it the correct way for the correct technique to stick, right? It's not going to stick if you only do it sometimes. Yeah. And then you have muscle memory and you don't have to dedicate that brain space to think about, oh, I have to point my foot every time it leaves the floor. Mm -hmm. Well, first my students, I have to remind them again and again, but me, I don't even think about it when I'm dancing. Not to say that I'm perfect at pointing my foot every time it leaves the floor, but it's not something I dedicate a lot of brain power to say to my foot point. It's just going to point. Right. It also relates to our lives in that we might have to, in the beginning, be intentional about I'm going to pray with my friends after we visit. And at first, that might seem, oh, I have to remind myself and it feels kind of foreign to me. And I don't I'm not used to moving that way or doing that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we don't even think about it. And I, I honestly think we discredit those holy habits my friend calls them holy habits and I love that. And she, we might think like, oh, I'm not really following the Lord because this is just what I do. Mm -hmm. Well, you build that habit and that is holy. And so mm -hmm. again, I think ballet represents this beauty and those habits that you've established, even if you're not consciously deciding them every moment. Absolutely. Yes. It's crazy. I mean, the, the conversations that you have with your students and that I have with mine are very similar. Oh, it's crazy. Um, because I I'll say too, I'm like, look, the reason why that's not working out the way you want it to is because it's unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible. It's unfamiliar. So you need to make it familiar and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Just like you were saying about pointing the toe. Right. Um, and it's like, I, I I don't know. Anyway, I just think that's, it's just cracking me up. I'm just sitting over here going, wow, there's a lot of similarities. Um, but I, I, maybe that's why I like it too. Because <laughs> um, I'm someone who knows, you know, hard work is involved in life, period. You're not going to just get to, you're not going to get anything good. You're not going to bear any fruit without planting some you know doing some heavy labor you know what I'm saying agreed <laughs> it's it's you, you got to put in the work and the bible speaks of discipline and how it's so important as well and it is and I feel a great lacking of that do you feel like a lot of people lack that discipline a hundred percent that okay. I think we are a very feelings oriented culture Mm -hmm. don't feel like showing up we don't 
or we're also a very immediate results culture, which is probably where both of our students are wanting to see immediate results. There's probably a lot of contributing factors to that, such as being able to see everything online. Like these kids are already on their phones at a young age and they want to be doing the same thing that they see other kids doing, but those kids mm-hmm. are just practicing it and they just don't see that. Um, and so that discipline is hard for our culture in my opinion because we are letting our feelings guide us and mm-hmm. have disillusion about life because of our phones yeah yeah I I really agree with you um and I think too that I, you know I'm I might have the same feelings as them like I don't want to you know so many times I haven't wanted to show up for a lesson because I'm tired you know, and I, I, I don't feel like doing it, but the difference is I do show up because I made a commitment and I, and I believe in the commitment, you know what I'm saying? And so that's where things vary. So I think it works for your faith too. Like I was just talking about this earlier today, you know, God tells us 365 times in the Bible, don't be afraid. I'm with you. And so we take that. I'm like, okay, I have to be fearless. But the thing is, is you will have fear for the rest of your life, but it's what, what does that cause you to do? Do you not do the thing you're afraid of? You know, do you shrink back? Do you freeze or do you do it anyway because God's with you? And like, that's the difference. So like our feelings, I totally agree, have way too much weight. And so it's like, you know what? I feel this, but God you called me to do that. So I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it is about just being obedient. Like, like if you can't do anything else, if you can't, you know, um, do it with a spring in your step and, you know, and fully refreshed and not a tired bone in your body, at least be obedient. Um, and I think that with that builds discipline and, um, And God honors that, you know, he's like, I see, I know you're tired, but you know, thank you for obeying, (laughs) you know, that's how I look at it. Well, I look at it the same. It's just, I call it simple obedience. Mm -hmm. We may not know why we may not want to, but we're just called to simply obey sometimes. (laughs) Amen. I totally agree. So this uh, next question is probably my favorite. And it is, what is your personal definition of art? Hmm. I would say that art is a creative expression of something inside of you that Mm -hmm. you then create outside of you. So Mm -hmm. you have words inside of you that you write. You have dance inside of you that you do. You have music inside of you that you sing. And so I would consider art to be an expression of an idea or something about inside of you that you then express in a form that other people could see. Not that they have to see it. I don't think it has to be seen to be art Mm -hmm. to be viewed or heard by Mm -hmm. others. Mm. Question. I don't know if that's the. No, that is, that is fantastic. I mean, mine, 
mine is essentially the same, which is so funny because I'm telling you, like, I've never met you. I've never talked to you before. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, we have so many things I'm clicking on. That's but great. yeah, my my simple definition, like, and I thought about it because I was like, well, what is art? And I I thought art is expression um, to me. Like that, and I feel like it communicates. It also, you know, art is also a communication um, because it expresses right and um i think that's why i like it so much because i love connection um so even like right now talking to you i i feel connection and i love that you know that's that's why i love this podcast because i've been able to connect with so many people across the globe that i would have never had the opportunity to talk with and see how you know the holy spirit connects us even though we've never met, you know, and you know, you're a lot younger than I am, or we could say I'm a lot older than you are, <laughs> but God teaches us the same things because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? So we might learn the lessons in different ways, but God's message is um, sure. It will never never waver it will never disappear his word stands forever and i feel like when you have conversations like this it's like affirmation of that that is so cool to see him because god is the artist right so he's expressing his character in our hearts and absolutely share that together in ways that make it more beautiful Wow. Did you say God is our artist? Is that what you said? Or the artist? Because that was good. But our is good. We can change that. (laughs) That is so good. Here's a question that I have not removed yet, but it's always kind of like, no brainer, right? But I still like to hear what people have to say, which is, do you feel art nourishes your soul? Oftentimes, yes. If I have too much going on in my heart, I have to express it through art, Mm -hmm. whatever that means for me, poetry or dance, or like you said, even communicating with other people. I think the times when it doesn't nourish my soul is whenever I'm using the art as something other than worship and an expression to the Lord. For example, my job requires me to be creative in a lot of ways because I do marketing and graphic design. And sometimes that's not nourishing <laughs> because it's scheduled and it has to be done at this time. And there are certain perimeters and even ballet can be like that. Like sometimes mm-hmm. it's not because it's just hard work, but there's value in that too. So I would say whenever it has to come out, it's always nourishing to me, but sometimes because of my job, it has to come out even whenever I'm not feeling it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that obedience again, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that discipline. So, um, like, for me, yesterday, I got to go to this spectacular, I don't even know if that's the right word, park that I had been hearing about because um, I just moved to a brand new state from, you know, I've lived in California my whole life and now I have moved to Montana. And so I had heard, I kept hearing about this park and I'm like, I really want to go there because people um, that do birding, 
they they go there and I am a like what amateur bird nerd like I just <laughs> I love it and so I was like I'm gonna go because I had a day off and I was like I'm gonna go I was so nourished my soul was so nourished being in God's landscape right like the grass, the trees, the light, the sky, um, the birds, the sounds. Like it was just, I mean, I was overflowing um, with just God's love. And I just, I found so much clarity there that I hadn't been able to find here at home, you know, or at work and stuff. And I was just thanking God and, you know, so many things were just pouring out of me. And so like, even for me, that would be considered art because like you just said, God is the artist. And I absolutely feel that and believe that. I mean, I, he created all of this and it is so, so gorgeous. And the beauty is nourishing for me. Um, and there's an author, John Eldridge, and he speaks to that. And um, I was reading his book, and when he was writing about beauty nourishing the soul, I thought, that's true. I feel that, you know, like, that is true. And, like, and I think, you know, all of it is for God's glory. Even us being nourished, even us being, you know, lifted up is still about God's glory. Like, because, like you said, we are his creation, and he shows his character through us. Like, so it all just connects for me. Um, and so I, when I, when I was home, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to go back. Like, <laughs> that was so great. Um, pictures on Instagram and it looked exactly as you described it. Very beautiful, nourishing, free. I was envious. <laughs> oh, wow. So you saw them. That's so cool. That you, Cause I wasn't sure. Um, I, I never had thought about the fact that maybe you had seen my pictures, but I mean, I just, I wanted to post more and I mean, they only let you do 10 as a post. And so I put more in my story and I was just like, oh my goodness, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed the pictures. That makes me happy. Um, so. I know that you, you know, obviously you are a ballet instructor. Um, where, I mean, if people are in your area and they wanted to take ballet, how would they do that? I have an adult beginner ballet class, actually. Mondays, 630 to 730. It's super fun because kids, sometimes they're there because they love it. Sometimes they're there because their mama made them come. But adults, they're like really choosing and sacrificing their time to come learn ballet. And it's just amazing to watch them love it later in life. Mm -hmm. And it's more fun as a teacher at times because the adults intellectually get a lot of these concepts faster than the kids do, even mm -hmm. if they, they won't catch on as quick as a kid. So the level that I'm teaching is similar to some of the levels I teach to students but I can explain a bit more in detail about why this works the way it does or talk about how it affects their body and stuff like that, where a kid would start to zone out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I see that. That that's really cool. Um, and you see, you're in Louisiana, Correct. right? Charles, Louisiana. 
All right. So you guys, if you're in Louisiana and you want to take some ballet, but um, you also have that book coming out. Um, so where would we be able to pick that up? So it will be, if all goes according to plan, available for purchase on, on Amazon and other online book retailers starting December 18th. But pre-order is, I think, November 20th. I'm trying to remember. And you can always go to my website, which is graceandeverything.com, or you can type in openbooks.com because I open openhandsbook.com because I have that URL as well. And then you can just look at my website and buy it from there. Very cool. So before you go, is there anything that we could do to support you? For sure, you should follow me on Instagram. It's Princess Hannah Writes because I own a princess company too. We didn't talk about that, but <laughs> outlet, that's also a business for me. And you should keep up with all the things. A lot of things that we talked about today are things that I post about frequently. I just posted a reel of me on point talking about discipline. And so if you liked the conversation, for sure, there's more of that happening on my Instagram. That is so cool. So yeah, you have your own business. Yeah, that's right. I did say small business, but Princess Hannah, how cute. Okay. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. It was so nice to meet you and talk with you. I loved our conversation. It was fun. And I really did enjoy how the similarities between ballet and singing and the lessons that the Lord has been teaching both of us were in the same vein. That was really ex like exciting. Absolutely. Hi, friends. I'm so glad you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that you could support this podcast by sharing a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or the platform you're listening on today. You can also become a subscriber for $2.99 a month and receive exclusive episodes. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep saying no to perfect and yes to truth. I hope you'll join me for our next conversation. Mm -hmm.